0: This is the Marketing Workshop, Episode 5. Today's guest is Dr. Melvin Varghese from SellingTheCouch.com. Melvin's here today to talk to us all about using a podcast to grow your audience. We've got a great show for you. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Marketing Workshop with John Clark. Grow your audience, serve the world. All right, Melvin. Uh, I am so excited to have you on the show. Um, it's nine o'clock in the morning. This is the earliest episode I've done so far, um, but it's nice to be to be up bright and early um, getting started with this. So how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm, I'm up ready to go and uh, props to you for the nine o'clock uh, podcast interview. <laughs>
0: We'll see how long I offer it. I'm I'm right before the episode. I'm um, like standing in my bathroom doing vocal warm ups as if I'm like this famous singer. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to do vocal warm ups. I'm just really talking to myself and trying to sound like I didn't just wake up.
1: Right, um, but <laughs> I do. I do. Sally sell seashells by the seashore and try to really enunciate it. So, do you actually do that? I do. I do like. Um, I do it less now, but I definitely, especially like days like today where I have multiple podcast interviews, I'll definitely do vocal warm ups. That's really interesting. So, do you do it?
0: You do it when you're a guest, and also when you're uh, hosting your own show.
1: I do both. I uh, just because I, you know, I don't think you know. For us in grad school, and I know that I never thought about this, but like the power of our voice and how. The, our voice is the tool right as as clinicians and I was just never I never thought like there's things you should do to protect your voice sure right and I, I think that once I launched the podcast it, it gave me some different ideas and I do a different range of things we can go into but yeah. Not just vocals, but like I drink like room temperature water with lemon. Sure. Stuff like that. So even things like
0: posture or not having a lot of dairy, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that can really, um, can really make a difference. And yeah, we our, our voice is our tool, especially with podcasting, which we're going to um, talk all about today. So, um, well, one question that just kind of came to mind I've been reading a lot about, um, you know, people's morning routines. And there's a lot of um, entrepreneurs will talk about theirs and everyone has this, um, this great idea or this special gimmick or maybe a promotional of, you know, if you drink this tea, you'll have an amazing morning and win the day. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm still figuring that out for, for what that is for me. I tend to stay up later than I should. But do, do you have a morning routine? Is that something that you do?
1: I do. I have a a very set morning routine that I do six days of the week. Sundays I take a little bit more of a break, but uh, yeah, it wasn't a always. Well, so definitely, I think through undergrad and grad school, I, I'm an early riser. So, but I was, I think, getting up like six fifty 650 or six fifty five. But essentially, these past years, I've I've worked backwards in fifteen minute increments to now where I wake up at four thirty in the morning. And, uh, yeah, 4.30, I'll wake up, brush my teeth, 4.45 to about 5.30-ish, I'll, uh, work out, I uh, usually do some, usually P90X, so, and then Saturday mornings, uh, I get in four core basketball, so awesome. I do that, and we have a 6.30- 6 30 league 6 30 a.m there's uh 15 guys that show up and we play basketball for like two hours so oh. <laughs> yeah but uh on, you don't on do week- your
0: vocal warm-ups before that do you
1: no 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 vocal okay. warm-ups maybe some <laughs> shooting warm-ups but <laughs> just a bunch of yelling and aggression yeah. on the court yeah yeah no um but i yeah so on weekdays i i do the the working out um, during that time, actually I actually have upped this, but I try to actually take in about forty ounces of water, mm-hmm. room temperature water with lemon, um, just to kind of activate my body. Uh, I don't know. This is actually something that my grandfather, who's from India, taught me, and he's his his father and his well his father and his grandfather were like a lot really into Ayurvedic medicine and things like that. Mm-hmm. So and they lived. I mean, my great-grandfather was in his 90s, and my grandpa is in his upper 80s now. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's just something that he taught me. So I, I try to drink warm water with lemon while I'm working out, uh, try to go for 40 ounces. I have one of these uh, water bottles that we got from Costco, so uh-huh. <laughs> I'll drink that. And then, uh, and then after that, um, I do, I listen to a TED Talk, um, just because what I used to do was I used to try to consume like the news of the day. Sure. And it's just, I noticed it started affecting my mood. And I was like, you know what? I just want to like start my brain on the sort of the right framework and just think more, just to be more creative. Um, and then I do some sort of a, a brief meditation routine, five to 10 minutes. And then um, this is something I haven't done consistently, but I want to do, which is do some sort of like a five minute journal kind of thing sure. just to get my brain going. But that's pretty much it. So.
0: That is incredible. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not surprised that you're one of those people that has an amazing morning routine. Um, cause there's, there's just so much, uh, value in that and something that I think we could all use, um, some, some advice on. So that, that's a really impressive routine. Um, And I'm sure it pays off, right? It probably has a lot to do with how you're able to get so much done and um, kind of be everywhere at once, but because you're starting your day and in such a methodical way.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, and I guess the other side of it is we're talking like those are parts that I incorporated one at a time, right? Like I didn't, as I mentioned, I didn't start by waking up at 430. I actually tried to wake up even earlier, but my body was way too tired. So (laughs) what time are you going to bed? So I actually try to get in bed by 8.45, 9, because mm-hmm. um, I want to get that full seven and a half hours of sleep. And then, fortunately, my work schedule now has allowed me, I actually take a 25-minute power nap seven days a week. That is awesome. <laughs> so, because I, I don't drink, I really don't drink, I don't drink coffee at all. Yeah. I rarely drink tea. Yeah. If it is, it's like green tea, but it's pretty rare. So... I notice I have that lull during that two o'clock time, which is usually I actually don't usually even see clients from that two to three because I just know my body's shutting down. So sure. I usually grab a 25-minute nap. That way I'm, I'm kind of focused for the rest of the day as well.
0: So even, even taking a nap <coughs> is becoming almost like counterculture. <laughs> our, our, our tendency is just to power through and drink more coffee. Um, but I love that because you're really just listening to your body, which is something we forget to do. Um, and especially as as business owners and entrepreneurs, um, we can get in this crazy, um, this crazy pace of just never stopping and always feeling like if I'm not working, I'm doing something wrong or I'm falling behind.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, well, a couple of things like one, I think, especially as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to put our worth in what we do. Right. And so one, it's also hard for us to enjoy that process of building something because, we're always going to that, that next thing. Um, the other thing is, you know, for, I know for many of us as entrepreneurs, a big reason why we decided to start a small business was to have freedom. Right. And for me, I think what I'm slowly realizing is freedom is what we do during the course of our day. Right. And so, yeah, like a nap is, that's something that's important to me because it helps me to focus and be productive. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always like struggled with this, but like, it's not like I imagine five years down the line, oh, I'm going to grab a nap starting in 2020, <laughs> you know, 2030 or right, 2025. Right. right. It's like a big part of entrepreneurship is the journey itself. It's not always the destination.
0: That's, that's wonderful. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, if let's say, um, if, if there's someone who wanted to start a morning routine, uh, I'm put, putting myself in that category. What do you feel like is one place to start? Like you said, it didn't all happen overnight, but w- what would be one place to start?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I think the the big thing is trying to hydrate in the morning. Like, I think that's literally where I started, uh, because, uh, I just, I think for a long time I would, you know, go to sleep and then I just never thought like, oh, I should probably consume some water because I have not drank anything for <laughs> seven plus hours, you know, yeah we don't think of it that way. Right. So, uh, hydration, I would say is the first place to start. The second place to start is kind of see where you get up in the morning and when you go to sleep and try to get that as much as possible now i know with jobs and kids and all of those things sometimes there can be variation of course but as much as possible try to get into a consistent pattern because uh, generally just our bodies love stability right and uh it's such a simple thing like oh we're talking about like drinking water or getting up early but like our bodies get used to that and ultimately like it does impact the work we do
0: awesome I'm yeah that's that's such great um, great advice um, yeah I love love talking about this stuff and just getting kind of a peek into people's lives and and, and what they do um, so you've you've talked um, I mean a lot of people know you a lot of people know uh, about selling the couch and are a part of um, your thriving Facebook community. I mean, there's just, you, you have such an amazing audience and following and people just really love and trust you. Um, and, and I've heard you talk about your journey into podcasting before, so I don't want to, you know, just have you repeat yourself, but what's something that most people don't know about your journey or, or even kind of um, what it's like to be doing your podcast now after all this time and all of this um, this learning that you've gone through?
1: Well, I think... Uh one thing it's a great question uh the i think the biggest thing is that i actually waited about six months uh between when i had the idea for selling the couch and when i actually launched uh now part of that was just planning and trying to think through it but the bigger part of that was i think it was just a lot of fear and insecurity that came up uh just around like i never i never envisioned launching a podcast Ah uh, to be honest like my i my ideal career would have been either like working in a counseling center or uh maybe like teaching to some sure. degree and then uh, being in private practice that was like i so the thought of a podcast and actually being uh public like this i, yeah. I just would have never never envisioned it um podcasting I, I think just the medium like doing a podcast it's it's scary like there's nothing like launching a podcast to bring up all of our fears and insecurities right. but that being said and i would not have said this um 2 years ago uh it's amazing how doing something like a podcast makes you so much more courageous in other parts of your life and in other parts of your business like i'm not you know i'm not like a big risk taker but i'm just and I'm still scared when I take new new challenges, but often it doesn't stop me now. You know, whereas in the past, like I would be like, Oh, this is such a good idea. Oh, Mel, I don't know if you have the time to do this. I don't sure. know if you, you can do this. And I, I notice those voices are not as prominent now.
0: Well, and it's not about waiting until the fear goes away and then and then I'll start my podcast, right? It's about feeling that fear and and doing it anyway, which is the name of a kind of a cheesy self-help book that I never read, but I I reference the title all the time (laughs) for clients (laughs) or or therapists or whomever. It's like, you're not waiting for that feeling to go away. You're doing it and you're still scared. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and then you're fine discovering that that it's okay, right? Yeah, absolutely. We are professional listeners, um, first and foremost. That's what we Spend all these years in graduate school doing. And then with podcasting, all of a sudden it's about your voice and what you have to say. Um, so I think that's a shift for, for a lot of therapists, right? That, um, your voice is really coming first. You're the first one to speak, uh, you know, on, on your, uh, as the host of a podcast. Um, and that's just different, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely different. Um, especially I, I feel like there are a lot of like a majority of us are just very introspective people and that doesn't come naturally, uh, that's definitely a growth edge, uh, just getting used to speaking. I think the other thing, and I, and I still struggle with this, but I think a lot of us underestimate how much knowledge we have uh, accumulated through all of our training and all of our clinical experiences. And I think, uh, you know, we're talking about podcasting, but I think any kind of medium, right, where we can share that uh i i just think now i see like how much impact it has on others and how easy it is to underestimate how much we know
0: it's in so much of what we're sharing um <clears throat> and kind of the uh, the knowledge that we exercise is with clients behind closed doors and mm-hmm. um it's in these private moments um but doesn't necessarily get shared right and a lot of the learning happens in session and with clients and and, in those difficult moments where you help someone kind of break through or you share something that, that has a ton of value. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's just great to bring that out um, and, and share that. And I think, you know, talking from, from my own experience with this so far, it, it is just about getting started, right. And just, just noticing those thoughts and noticing that doubt and, um, and, and continuing um, along with those that doubt um,
1: yeah well I, I mean ahead. I think I was just gonna say I, I think like this medium of, of podcasting for me like it, it's it's been awesome to launch a podcast, but I think the bigger thing is how much it's allowed me to grow as a person
0: yeah, it's um that's the secondary benefit um that you didn't know was gonna be there for you um, right. What would you say about um let's really dive into um of kind of the core of the um of the show here today which is how can podcasting help um in growing a private practice in particular and wh- why should someone in private practice start one
1: Yeah I mean it's a great question it's probably like the most common question that I get Um so one thing I've just realized is especially in this online space and especially if you want to expand beyond uh the just seeing clients in a in you know in a therapy setting like for example if you envision writing a book at some point if you want to do workshops if you envision launching a course something like that right um even if it is actually seeing clients like all of us need to have some kind of a platform where we're sharing our message right so common ones are blogging video podcasting, those kind of things. The reason for that is because um, it helps to build that sense of authority. So for us as private practitioners, there's a a couple of um, ways that we can use the podcast. One is uh, when folks are listening to our podcasts, right, when they're hearing our voice, uh, we're literally in their ears, right, and people are listening in all sorts of different ways with podcasts, which is actually what makes them unique, that you can actually consume the content while doing doing something else, right? It's so, the only medium that we have right, right now where you can do that, right? Right. Yep working out you know have a podcast like folks you know will email me like oh i you know i, I was cooking dinner and yeah. <laughs> listening to your latest episode right so there's something like there at the core of it i just feel like when people are hearing our voice there's this real connection that that's built right people get to know you they get to li- like you and they get to trust you and so when you're telling folks um at you know, during your episodes, hey, you know, to learn more and I I wrote down show notes for you and I mentioned a couple of resources, you can check it out. And then when you share your website, you're actually getting what's, you know, what we call warm traffic, right? So these are Mm -hmm. people that actually know you. And so generally people who know and like and trust a business, um, they're more likely to purchase products and services, and there's some pretty interesting data with podcasting. Uh, the numbers range from about 51 to 61 percent, but uh, the date they did this one study of like 168,000 podcast listeners, and they found that somewhere between 51 and 61 percent end up buying a product or a service, or at least strongly considering it uh, that they heard on a podcast. Wow, that is yeah.
0: staggering. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's a very, I don't know. I I think I really do think it's the human connection, you know? So
0: what would you say? Um, how would you suggest a therapist go about choosing and then also testing an idea for a podcast? I know you spent that time, um, in the planning stage for selling the couch and took, took your time done that six months. But, um, once you've chosen an idea that you think is pretty good, um, can you talk about testing that idea?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um John, can we uh would it be okay like if I shared maybe just a couple of different ways also of like how we can use it to grow our practices? Yes, absolutely. That would be great. Okay, cool. Um I mean, I just wrote down like some quick little notes, but like the second one is like uh, you know, a lot of I feel like in the private practice building space there's this idea of niching, right? So, uh a podcast allows us to niche down and it allows us to become an authority in the space. Um uh, one of the other ways is that a podcast uh, expands a referral network, right? So, uh, I like to do what's called a hybrid podcast. So, some podcast episodes you're teaching and sharing some knowledge that would be beneficial to your listeners, and then in other episodes, you are uh, record you're interviewing somebody that is in that same niche, right? So, when and, you're actually you
0: make that decision as to what kind of episode you're gonna do, or even just in planning a podcast in in planning is it going to be all interviews is it just going to be me talking
1: yeah no that's a great um so again i i think i like the mix of the two because one i feel like uh i know that a lot of us we struggle with like are we going to run out of topics Do we have enough to say right sure. so having that that mix of the two where you have guests and you the solo that helps to lessen that a little bit um, in terms of ratios like I generally follow like um, 30, 70 or 40, 60, uh, 40, 30 to 40 percent are me solo. And then I do a little more of the of the guest interviews uh, just because I feel I don't know, like I like interviewing and uh, I feel like that's sort of my strength. So but I'm always experimenting, so <laughs>
0: It it lends itself well again to those listening skills that we work so hard to to hone in, right? That it, yeah, it really is a pretty natural transition
1: right. for therapists. And yeah, no, absolutely. And I can even actually share a, like a practical example of this, sure. like referral network. So uh, I've I've had several guests on my uh, on on my podcast. Two of them, uh, what we do is we do a quarterly mastermind. They happen, I I didn't realize it until I reached out to them, but they're both here in the Philadelphia area in private practice. And so we meet quarterly. We actually met this past two days ago uh, and we just support each other in our businesses. Uh, one of the other folks that was on my podcast, she's become like a dear friend. We actually do a weekly mastermind together. And it's just, it's neat how this platform um it's not just about like teaching and it's not just about like reaching out to these people, which it's, those are important parts, but it really is the the human connection and the relationships that you're able to build.
0: Absolutely. And it becomes a pretty small world. <laughs> when yeah. You've got people in your own town that you're, you're connecting with through this platform.
1: Yeah. And I think the last thing is just, I mean the platform itself, like I think all of us need some kind of platform and then, you can use the podcast as a medium to advertise products and services. For example, let's say that you do individual therapy or you've got an upcoming workshop. Uh, One of the tips that I always give is, let's say you've got an upcoming workshop, uh, I don't know, like on premarital uh, workshop, right? So what you could do is you could actually create a podcast episode related to that, right? Like five tips, I don't know, every every couple that's going to get married should know. Right. And then at the end of that episode, uh, specifically go to that, uh, share the link to that workshop. So, uh, whether it's a local workshop, uh, I mean, we could even get it really fancy and do like a webinar Mm -hmm. workshop and, uh, that would allow more folks to, to be able to access uh, the workshop. So,
0: so one of the essential elements, um, you know, once as you are building this audience with the podcast, right, is to make sure that you, um, that you then have somewhere to send them, right? Whether it's just hey, you know, head back to my website, check out some free resources or a new article I shared. Um, but and say a little more about that in terms of what do you, you know, including that call to action, um, in the context of a private practice podcast and what you what are some things you might want your listeners to do next?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a I'm a big fan of. Uh, I just believe that 98% of the time, we should be directing podcast, podcast traffic back to our websites. Uh, Like these platforms like iTunes and Google Play, where we can find podcasts. um, They're wonderful platforms. But at the same time, I don't want to build an audience on those platforms, right? Mm. I want to take them to real estate that I control, uh, that I have some and for us, you know, it's usually in this online space, it's usually our private practice website. So that's where I like to direct the traffic to. Um, again, because it's warm traffic, sure. folks are going and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, John had that great episode. Let me listen to it on the website. Um, and, oh, look, he's got, you know, he's got this workshop that he's offering. Let me, let me learn more about that. Right. So they're more likely to interact. So
0: it, it sounds like it it is sufficient in in some sense just to send people back to your website. You don't necessarily have to have some amazing digital product or some event that you're trying to sell. Um, it, it can, it can benefit a clinician just to send people back to their website.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, you know, and this one, it's, it's getting more website traffic, right? And so, uh, that's gonna have an indirect influence on website rankings, if anything, right? But uh, you know, for me, actually, for the whole first year, I went mean, probably a little over. I didn't really have a product to sell, right? Sure. I I just wanted, I just wanted to to help our field, right? So I just yeah. would say, you know, hey, I wrote down notes, and here are the resources, and mm. um, you can find it at, you know, uh, and then just insert the the website and then oh that's actually a good tip so uh it's a good idea to not just say like your general website right like so you shouldn't say you know uh john what's your what's your like what would be your private practice website private practice workshop.com okay so yeah so you wouldn't want to say private practice workshop.com so you might want to say private practice workshop.com forward slash episode two or something like that. So folks are going specifically to where they need to go and where the content is that they're looking for.
0: Sure. So, um,
1: yeah, this is, this is all great
0: stuff. Um, Going, going back to that idea of, of kind of choosing a topic, I think that's something that a lot of clinicians struggle with. Um, yeah. And I know that even some of the therapists that I work with and, and that are in my community, um, they talk about and they ask questions about how do you, how do you help someone through that process and, and determining, is this a good idea for a podcast?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely have like a, a set of like exercises. I don't know, in my free time, I apparently like making <laughs> exercise stuff. Um, but one of the things I, I I like to just generally do is uh, I feel like as as practitioners and as business owners, sometimes it's so easy to be in the thick of things, right, where we're just staring at the trees that we lose sight of the forest, right. So I like to take a step back and. Uh, One thing I always do is uh, I say, you know, take a step back, think about your three most favorite clients uh, and then just jot down what did you like about working with them? Um, What is it that like energized you about that work? right? So this can give you ideas for podcast episodes. It can also even give you an idea for potential like niche example, right? So we've got a colleague right now. I just actually saw it this morning. They're starting a podcast for couples that are in uh, like a second marriage, right? Right. And so that's who they, they've sort of, they, they feel passionate about working with, right? Um, the next thing you can do is, uh, this is, seems like a really silly exercise, but glance through like books, um, look on like the podcast that you're listening to. If you have an Audible subscription, look at the books that you're listening to. Uh, look at the conferences that you attend. Um, those are topics that you have a passion for. And especially with the podcast, because we're building this platform and it's a long term game and where you're building it for 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 years down the line. um, I like to kind of start there. And what I would do is just make a list of list of some of those things. Right. Mm. And then the last thing I like to do is uh, I don't know if I'm hopefully quite a a bit away from retirement, but (laughs) uh, take a step back. Imagine that you're close to retirement and then ask yourself, what are the three things that I want to do in my career that as I get to retirement, I would have said, you know what, I had a wonderful career, right? Uh, because I think f- what what the podcast allows you to do is, let's say that the dream is, um, you know what, I'd love to write a book, I'd love to do more speaking, sure. and I'd love to do more workshops, right? And so then when you're doing some of these other exercises, you're like, okay well, well what are some things I can write about? what are uh, some workshop topics? And then that gives you the foundation for the, the podcast episodes. But then you're actually then bridging that gap between what you want in the future and using the podcast as I almost see it as like a, a path to get you there. So you that's
0: that's such great advice because, you really want this thing to be integrated and, and kind of cohesive with the rest of your career, right? You don't want it to just be this auxiliary kind of random thing that you're doing just because someone told you you need to drive more traffic to your website, right? Yeah. So stepping back and, and and thinking about your legacy is really the word that comes to mind for me, which is, um, w- yeah, what is it that I want to deliver and kind of leave behind in, in my career? Which, which I love because I, I love constantly going back to one's purpose and, you know, staying connected with your why. And this sounds like a, a really good way to do that. Um, figuring yeah. out how it all fits into the big picture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I forgot the name of this person, but there's, she's like a palliative care nurse. And she uh, interviewed hundreds of people on their deathbed and asked them what their biggest regret was. And the number one regret that came up over and over was I I lived a life that others expected of me instead of the one that I wanted to live. And I think that's sort of these questions, I think sort of tap into that and make sure that what we're doing sort of aligns with, you know, what our vision is. That's really
0: powerful. Um, it just, it matters so much that we believe in what we're doing and, and that sounds kind of cliche or kind of basic, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm really into uh, common factors research right now in, in mm-hmm. the academic world. And we know that a large part of the outcome of therapy is contingent upon the therapist's belief in what they're offering, right? Mm. And the same goes for, for a lot of different kinds of therapies or experimental therapies that, you know, as long as the clinician really believes in what they're offering, the client usually gets better and they actually get better faster, right? Right. So bringing that back to podcasting, it, it is important that you believe that this is important, right? That people need to hear this. And even if you ha- still have those, um, those, those doubtful thoughts or that fear, or even that imposter syndrome that you feel like it's still important for people, um, to, to hear this. And then that gets conveyed, um, through, through the act of doing it. Right.
1: Right. Um, there's a good quote that, that I think encompasses this, which is, uh, we have, gosh, I'm going to, uh, I always like, forget the quote when I, um, <laughs> we
0: can look it up later, put it in the show. Yeah. Notes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, well definitely. And if it comes to me, I'll, I'll, i uh, I'll, uh, I'll share it. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good.
0: How do you, um, in determining your topic, how do you figure out, is this an idea that will last? Like, is this, you know, something I could talk about for years uh, or weekly for years on a podcast?
1: Yeah so I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh this might get a little nerdy but <laughs> uh, go for So it. there's there's a there's a book called uh, Blue Ocean Strategy it was written by uh two professors at Harvard it's um, a little bit of a, a it's an economic theory and uh, what they study is um how do you create businesses that that withstand the times and then how do you create new businesses that that sort of go into new niches instead of fighting in 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 existing ones, right? So they they distinguish between this idea of blue oceans and red oceans. So red oceans is where there's already a lot of existing competition and uh you know if you try to jump in there, it's going to be really hard to stand out. Whereas blue oceans is you take red ocean ideas and you start to expand that that um, that general niche by going into sort of different or related spaces right so for example I you know with with my podcast what I do is I use uh, so I have some the selling the couch brand but I also see entrepreneurs in in private practice sure. so uh, what I did was I signed the couch initially started with me having conversations with private practitioners about what they were doing and, and what was working for them. And then I would have marketing and social media folks on. But then as I've started and gone back into private practice, I was like, how can I use this as a way to also serve entrepreneurs? And so now we sort of shift into these areas around mindset and productivity and all of these different things. So, uh, when you're thinking about a topic for your podcast, think about the main topic and then think about sort of related spaces that you can go into that way, like on a strategic level, uh, your podcast is so unique and you become sort of the the main option.
0: So, um, I know, at least in the tech world, um, they talk a lot about pivoting, right? When you have a new idea or you're, there's a startup or a, a new technology, you start heading one direction and then you learn a lot along the way. And so you pivot and change your, your course um, even just slightly, right? So it, it sounds like that's going to happen in, in in podcasting, right? And it's happened for you. Um, so it's so important to make those tiny course corrections and, and be okay with the fact that When you start out, um, you have a pretty good idea of kind of where this is going or your vision for it, but you're also going to learn a lot along the way and make those adjustments.
1: Absolutely. I think it's uh, being able to sit with both of those things. Like, uh, I I guess I must call it like holding our ideas loosely um, and. And just being willing to say, you know what, this is sort of the general direction I want to go, but maybe the details of it, I'm going to have to figure that out as we, as we go along. Sure.
0: Well, in, in getting feedback from your audience, right? Figuring out, is this something that is relevant to my audience right now? and. You know, in 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 my case and in your case, it's it's therapists. So, um, <clears throat> you know, using whatever platforms you have now to again test those ideas and figure out is this something that people um, want to hear right now?
1: Right. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think you can do that all sorts of different ways, and I I feel like I could actually do a better job of this, but it could be as simple as you know on our podcasts. Uh, you know, directing them to a Google Forms, right? Google Forms is this free thing that allows you to give, as allows us to uh, take surveys on stuff, right? Sure. So, you know, it could be as simple as something like, you know, hey, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Please let me know uh, what you would like for me to talk about. You can find it at, you know, and then mm-hmm. insert the website and a link to the the Google Form.
0: Yeah, really straightforward. Just, just asking the, your audience what they want to hear. Um, same thing goes for Facebook, right? Just creating a poll. I know um, I'm going to be in a podcast next week. It's, uh, I think it's called Private Practice um, Startup. Yeah. Um, and they, they poll each, uh, each time they have a new guest on and they give you three topics and say, what would you like to hear this, this particular guest talk about? And it's interesting because usually the answer is overwhelmingly one thing. <laughs> and a lot of times, or even in this case, it wasn't the thing that I thought people wanted to hear me talk about. So I step back and go, okay, this is really salient for therapists right now. That's going to require me to do some extra research around this and 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 then deliver something um, really, uh, really valuable for them because they're, right. they're asking for this in particular.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because for me, I don't have a background in business or marketing. And I think a lot of this for me has just been figuring it out. But I think the thing I just keep coming back to is just – wanting to come from a place, a heart of service and just saying, look, I, I don't, I, I think I have some ideas and would you guys help me out with this? Uh, let's just figure this out together. And I think over and over, every time I've kind of come from that perspective, it's, it's led to things that I just never would have expected.
0: Yeah, that is, that's amazing. Um, there is so much, um, to be gained from podcasting. Um, and, and I guess, you know, what I would say again, just from starting this process is if you're thinking about it, just, just try it. Right. Or even if you start and you're shaky in the beginning or it doesn't go well, or you have an episode you have to throw out, um, there's really not a lot to lose there. Right. W- would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I, am I I keep a bunch of post-it notes on my wall of quotes that I really like and one of the ones that I really like is uh, you don't have to get it right just get it going. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wonderful.
1: Um well, you you've
0: offered so much um advice and direction for us and and of course you have such a wealth of resources for folks at sellingthecouch.com. Um again, I've used those resources a lot to get this podcast off the ground. Um what else would you say or do you, can you throw in, you know, some kind of concrete tips for folks who maybe want to start or maybe have started but need help really um getting it off the ground?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um I think like the other really common question I get is like what do I need to like in terms of gear to to start a podcast? So um my like i highly recommend just keeping it super simple uh i record when i first started my podcast i literally recorded from a uh it was like a a tv tray that we (laughs) we got from target i think and i had some like old psychology books and some cookbooks and i just stacked it and then put my laptop on it and uh, i had this mic which i still use to this day so the you and i both actually have the same mic, which is it's a fantastic mic it's the audio technica atr 2100 love it Um, And it's a it's a USB mic. So basically, you just need to plug it directly into the computer and it'll pick up your voice. So um, and then uh, from there, uh, you can start to record. So if you're doing solo episodes, you can record using a free program called Audacity And uh, if you are doing interview-based episodes, um, you can uh, you can use Skype. Uh, If you're on a Mac, um, I use Skype and what's called Ecamm Call Recorder. And then uh, there are you know, as the podcasting space is like quickly growing, so there's a bunch of neat programs and stuff like that, that's coming out. So if you just want to bypass Skype, uh, a common one to uh, common other program is called Zencaster Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. And there's also another program called Ringer, R-I-N-G-R. And that basically is uh, when you have guests on your podcast, you can actually just send them a link and they just open it up in their browser window and you can record a podcast that way.
0: Fantastic. The bottom line is it's easy to get started. There's so much technology that can help you. Um, And at least in the beginning, especially if you want to kind of bootstrap it, it can be pretty inexpensive, right? On the other hand, you can pay, you know, say a hundred bucks or $125 for for each episode to have it edited by someone professional and have a team kind of put it together and um, even do the show notes for you. So you can do that. And I know that's something that you um that you use and really um probably saves you a lot of time but you can in the beginning at least if you you know you can go either way with it right
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think uh so for my first 13 episodes of my podcast i did everything from <laughs> recording to editing and uh i think this is something that i've learned so and we and I guess I'll, I'll mention this. So I actually don't think everyone should start a podcast at like every season of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I actually think it's smart to start a podcast. Once you have a niche that you've kind of figured out, um, you have some stability in your business, because like, like you said, like most of us are not podcasts editors, right? And sure. that's definitely the thing that can take the most time. And I always encourage folks. That's probably the first thing you should outsource uh, when it comes to to your podcast. So uh, as, the, as the space is growing, there's podcast editors. so like what well, what well, you just mentioned, like there's full service ones who literally like uh, my podcast editor. what I now do is I take my episodes, I put them in Dropbox, and just share it with her on dropbox and then she takes care of the rest right she'll edit it write up the show notes create artwork put it on social media uh and and i'm good to go um but if you know that's definitely a little more expensive it can range for anywhere from 75 to 125 a session uh but i i didn't start there i actually just started with uh editing just doing editing only and then writing up some brief show notes and then we just as as uh, the podcast grew. I, I just started to add services. So
0: it's, it's interesting because I'm <clears throat> kind of doing the opposite. Which um, I'm a musician, so the recording part comes naturally, and I've you know comfortable with the software. So I actually like doing the audio editing, but I don't like doing all the other stuff, right. um, even getting it, um, you know, putting it on my host and, and making sure the feeds are up to date and all that stuff. Um, so that's the part that I actually outsource and and have have my editor do. Um, and, and that works well for me, right? So the, the bottom line is there, there are some, some kind of hidden steps uh, along the way, or even just promoting the, the podcast is going to take some time. Booking your, um, your guests is going to take some time. And uh, for what it's worth, I recommend automating that too. So I use you know, a, a scheduling app for that called Calendly um, dot com. That works really well. But, um, yeah, the, the, the bottom line is just think about where you are in life right now and is it feasible to do it? And, um, can I really give it the time that it needs to get it off the ground? Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. I, you know, I think one question I always just come, always come back to, not just with podcasting, but just in general with my business, is, uh, I try to distinguish between tasks where I'm working in my business versus on my business. Yeah. I love that. Right. And I think for us uh, as clinicians, uh, we're tech—you know—we're technicians, right? We have a highly, we have a, a skill set that we've learned and what comes natural to us is to try to do everything, right? But over and over, this is just f- stuff I've learned yeah, and sure. stuff I've read, but like really smart business owners, they distinguish between this in versus on, right? So in is sort of the uh, doing the task where we're trading time to actually do that task Mm -hmm. on is sort of thinking the big vision. So taking a lot of time for the creative process, thinking about the big time vision. And what I try to do is as much as possible. And again, this is as you grow out. um, I try to figure out what stuff can I automate? What stuff can I delegate? And then what stuff can I batch? Meaning uh, batches like I do one thing like three hour, you know, like a three hour block. So for example, with podcast interviews, you can, Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to take, you know, every week, I'm going to do X amount of podcasts, you could also just do, hey, you know what, one Tuesday a month, I'm just going to do five episodes, right, and you've got the next five weeks. Yeah.
0: Fantastic, Melvin. You have offered so much value uh, for us today, and I know our listeners are going to get a ton out of it. Um, you and, and you are just such a valued person in our community, and I appreciate what you've done um, for therapists and um, and just for spending this time with me. Um, I'm just really grateful. Um, no,
1: I'm uh, I'm so grateful that you you reached out. I uh, you know I we are just i i think i realize it's just how what a privilege it is to be in the profession that we're at uh, because there are just so many like just good people in the world and uh it's just it is it's an honor to serve them absolutely
0: how can how can people get in touch with you and what do you have um kind of going on right now that you'd like
1: to promote Yeah, sure thing. So um, there's lots of information on um, the main blog, which you can find at sellingthecouch.com. I do fairly regular, uh, right now it's once a month, uh, just free podcasting workshops where we go into a lot more of the deep stuff about podcasting and stuff I've learned and all that. Now, you can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. And then uh, my private practice website is over at com.
0: Excellent. Melvin, thank you again so much for being
1: here. Thank you so much for having me, John.
0: Spending this time with Melvin just really reminded me of the importance of being authentic in everything that we do. Melvin is such a successful person, he's, and he's also so humble, he's so kind, um, and, and just generous, and very much himself. Nothing he does feels like it's a sell, or that it's different from, uh, that his business self is different from his authentic self. Uh, and, I, and I really want to strive for that and encourage everyone else to strive for that as well. So I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. I know that I did. And I'm really excited to continue with this podcast. I'd love to hear about your podcast ideas as well. So um, let me know kind of how, you're, how it's going, what you're getting from this podcast. And I'd love to just hear what's going on in your practice. Um, send me an email, john at privatepracticeworkshop.com. And uh, I'd love to get to know you a bit. If you haven't already, head over to privatepracticeworkshop.com and enroll in the Business Basics Workshop absolutely free. That's my online course for learning all things business. So you can step back, look at the big picture, and figure out how am I going to get more clients. All right, that's it for this week. See you next time.